We are all joining together to release draft legislation to end the federal prohibition on cannabis. Coming up on We Talk News, history is made in the U.S. Senate as Senators Schumer, Booker, and Wyden introduce a bill to reform cannabis laws at the federal level. This is a historic day that these two leaders are going to put their will and their work and all of their heart behind this justice bill. Now, the real work begins for lobbyists and our elected officials. We'll hear from the NCIA's Michael Correa as he gets ready to battle in the lobbies of the Capitol building. Will this pass? Well, we have Schumer, Wyden, and Booker. There's three. Okay, where are the other 57? You know, what are, what are we going to do to get to 60? We're in a very hyper-partisan time now in D.C., in Massachusetts, a dispensary makes national news for all the wrong reasons as Sasha Baron Cohen sues Solar Therapeutics over this billboard. The Boston area's newest dispensary is in my backyard. Are you ready for ready? Get ready for We Talk News next. Pro-cannabis media programming and PCM-TV is supported by Revolutionary Clinics, Massachusetts' number one medical dispensary where the patient comes first and by Salient Systems for Video Surveillance. You've got regulations, Salient has solutions for your security needs. And by Accounting Buds, your number one CPA specialist for the cannabis industry. And by Artery Pay, easy, cheap, fun, and legal, just like cannabis should be. We are Pro Cannabis Media. Hi, everyone. Welcome to We Talk News. I'm Jimmy Young from Pro Cannabis Media. What an amazing week in the cannabis world. We talk about being part of history as we continue to document the end of cannabis prohibition in the U.S. And this week was the first big step. Take it away, Senator Chuck Schumer. The war on drugs has really been a war on people, particularly people of color. The Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act would help put an end to the unfair targeting and treatment of communities of color by removing cannabis from the federal list of controlled substances. This is an idea, not only, it's not just an idea whose time has come, it's long overdue. We have all seen the agony of a young person arrested with a small amount of marijuana in his or her pocket. And because of the, over, the historical overcriminalization of marijuana, they have a very severe criminal record they have to live with their whole lives. Tougher to get a job, tougher to get credit, tougher to live a normal life. The waste of human resources because of the historic overcriminalization has been one of the great historical wrongs for the last decades. And we are going to change it. It's called the Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act, and it's a 163-page document that decriminalizes cannabis at the federal level, expunges records of nonviolent cannabis offenders, and gives opportunities to those most impacted by the failed war on drugs. In 2019, there were more marijuana arrests than all other violent crime arrests combined. 
and the majority of those were for simple possession. This is a grievous reality. Lives are being destroyed every single day. And the hypocrisy of this is that right here in the Capitol, now people running for Congress, people running for Senate, people running for President of the United States readily admit that they've used marijuana. For the life of me, I don't understand how Republicans who say they're for states' rights won't support what my colleagues are talking about. Because what this bill does is we decriminalize at the federal level, but we don't require states to legalize. So this speaks right to what the majority leader is saying. If they're listening to their constituents, and this is being done all over the country, they're going to move of, of their own volition. But the three of us are supporting a state's rights approach that says decriminalize at the federal level, give the states the option. Now the work begins for the lobbyists like the NCIA's Director of Government Relations, Michael Correa. There is no perfect legislation. This won't be perfect, even for cannabis industry. Even if I wrote a bill, it would be perfect for me or NCIA, but maybe others would say this isn't perfect. NCIA is not one company. It's not 10 companies. It's, it's the cannabis industry as a whole. And there will be differences between a big MSO, between a medium, between a small, someone within the state. And, you know, what an advocate wants um, to address some of these issues, uh, to make sure it's diverse. So there's lots of issues out there. Nothing's going to be perfect. But the key is, what can we do to get something over the finish line? Get something that, you know, we can agree on 90%. And that's something where NCIA has tried to have that position. Like, there are certain issues that we need to address, Congress has to address for us to support. For more on this story, here's our DC report with Vote Pro Podcast, Phil Adams. Phil. Hi, I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast, and this is the Weed Talk News DC report. The long anticipated cannabis legalization bill was released this week. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, along with Senate Finance Committee Chairman Ron Wyden of Oregon and Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey, unveiled the 163 page Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act on Wednesday. Among its key provisions, the bill would federally deschedule cannabis under the Controlled Substances Act, expunge prior convictions for cannabis possession, and transfer, transfer regulatory authority from the Drug Enforcement Administration to the Food and Drug Administration and other federal agencies. The bill would also impose a federal tax on cannabis products and maintain the authority of the states to set their own cannabis policies. A portion of the tax revenues would be reinvested into communities most impacted by the war on drugs. At a press briefing, Booker spoke of the importance of restoring social and economic justice after years of a failed war on drugs. We are in the midst of a grievous moment of injustice and it is deep at the core of who we say we are, equal justice under law. And so we have waited too long. We've seen the disaster of prohibition once before in this nation. This is hurting every American. Legalization advocates have been anxiously awaiting this legislation to see what's in it. Michael Correa, Director of Government Relations for the National Cannabis Industry Association, says his organization is ready to dive into the details. What are their tax rates? What exactly it means? What's it do for testing? What's it do you know, for small businesses? What's it do for interstate commerce? There's lots of things we need to 
sort of uh, peel away and look through, and that takes some time. And Schumer says he understands the White House is anticipating this legislation and that he and his colleagues are going to lobby hard for the president's support. For its part, the White House is standing pat on its long-held position on legalization. Within a few minutes after the Senate unveiled the legislation, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked about the new bill. Psaki reiterated President Biden's opposition to legalizing cannabis, stating, quote, nothing has changed and there's no new endorsements of legislation to report today. On the campaign trail, Biden pledged to decriminalize and reschedule cannabis. That's the We Talk News DC report for this week. I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast. So what's next? What can the public do? Well, tell your senators why they should vote for this. There's a public comment period until September 1st. All you have to do is send an email to cannabis underscore reform at finance.senate.gov. Now it's time to check out what happened on Wall Street after this big announcement with those always volatile cannabis stocks. Here's the Green Market Report's Deborah Borchart with that story. This is the business update for Weed Talk News from the Green Market Report. Organogram Holdings reported that its third quarter revenue grew 31% over last year to $29.1 million. This was an increase of 51% sequentially. The net loss for the company fell 96% to just $4 million from last year's $89 million. We have a lot of acquisitions to go over this week. High Tide is buying a dispensary chain with six stores in Saskatchewan. One is operational. Five are in various stages of construction and development, and all are expected to be operational by the end of 2021. Evio Labs is buying Leading Edge Farms of Henderson, Nevada. Australis Capital, operating as Audacious, is buying a cannabinoid-infused shot beverage company called Loose. And finally, M. Hardeen said it has decided to suspend construction at the company's Warman facility, and they've also launched a sales and investment solicitation process related to the company and all of its Canadian and U.S. assets. I'm Deborah Borchardt, and this has been the Green Market Report Business Update for We Talk News. Back here in the state of Massachusetts, we have two stories about two dispensaries. One is Solar Therapeutics in Somerset, Mass., and the other is Ready in Newton. That's Ready with an I, and it opened this week. That other dispensary, Solar Therapeutics, is the only solar-powered facility in the state of Massachusetts, and it has been open since February 2020, the month before the pandemic shutdown. Solar Therapeutics made the national news for all the wrong reasons this week, unless you think any publicity is good publicity. It just might be costly. Here's Canacasta Ron Marshallsea with our Bay State Cannabis Report. Ron? I'm Ron Marshallsea with the Massachusetts Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. Comedic actor Sasha Baron Cohen filed a $9 million lawsuit against Somerset Solar Therapeutics for using his likeness without his permission on a billboard located just off of Massachusetts Highway. Playing off his comic character Borat, this billboard was put up in early April and taken down on April 27th, just days after the cease and desist letter was sent to Solar Therapeutics and their CEO, Ed Dow. This week, the lawsuit was filed in U.S. District Court in Boston. In their brief, Cohen's company, Please You Can Touch LLC, 
states that the defendants have conveyed to the public that Mr. Baron Cohen has endorsed their products and is affiliated with their business. The brief continues saying, to the contrary, Mr. Baron Cohen has never used cannabis in his life, and he would never participate in an advertising campaign for cannabis for any amount of money. Solar Therapeutics was asked for an interview and shared a simple response from an attorney named Nicholas Heeman, who said, Upon receipt of the cease and desist letter from Mr. Cohen's legal counsel, Solar immediately requested that the signed company remove the billboard in question. As there is an active case before the court, we have no further comment at this time. Peter Kelman is an intellectual property attorney in Massachusetts, and he explains how challenging intellectual property ownership can be in Hollywood. Sort of gets to the fundamentals of intellectual property, which is pretty complicated. But the big issue that I think uh, Cohen faces here is that he's naming in the lawsuit both himself and his character Borat. And the problem is it's not clear that Cohen has ownership rights to Borat because if you look up uh, the intellectual property records, it's actually 20th Century Fox who owns the copyrights to Borat. So that's going to make it a bit of a problem. Billboards are one of the only tools that many legal states have allowed for the marketing of cannabis, and some states are starting to ban them. This will be one of the topics for Friday's Green Rush Live talk show on the Pro Cannabis Media Network at 4 p.m. Eastern. In the western suburb of Newton, a new adult-use dispensary has opened to the over-21 public. Ready is locally owned by a handful of Metro West partners who plan on opening two more stores in the Fenway area and in Natick. For one of their principals, Todd Fennard of Weston, it has been a long journey to opening day. Our friends and family event may have been the most gratifying professional experience I've ever had because for the last five years, we were busting our asses to try to get to the point where we could open our first of what we hope and expect will be three. And there were so many times in those five years when you felt like that day is just never going to come. And you've got investors and you have family members and you have friends and they're asking you, why is it not open yet? And why is it take, what's taking you so long? And to get to the day and to be able to have, welcome your friends and your family in, I'm, I'm, I'm on a high right now that has nothing to do with cannabis. <laughs> or I guess it has everything to do with cannabis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you visit Ready, you might see PCM TV on one of their monitors. Just don't put up a billboard. <laughs> Ready is located at 23 Elliott Street in Newton, right off the Riverside D-Line T-Stop and just off Route 9 eastbound. That's this week's Massachusetts Cannabis Report. For Weed Talk News, I'm Ron Marshallsey. Next up on Weed Talk News, old contributor to this show, Kirk Dalton from Cannabis.net with his spin on that solar therapeutic story and the power of the copyright. Thanks, Jimmy. Kurt with Cannabis.net here. And wow, billboards it is. Usually California gets the headlines and what they can and can't put on a billboard. But with Sasha Baron Cohen filing suit against uh, Solar Dispensary for the use of the Borat character, we are now in the news as well. Uh, an interesting take that uh, hard to believe that they didn't know they couldn't use uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's character. So I wonder if they're sly as a fox, if maybe they did know and a lot of links and publicity. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But a very interesting thing, using the likeness and image is obviously you're not allowed to do without expressed written consent, if you ever hear that uh, at the end of a movie or as a uh, somewhere. 
This happened as well with a very popular pandemic exercise equipment company known as Peloton. As you remember, they were using copyrighted music during their streaming classes. So YouTube, uh, YouTube, Rolling Stones, whatever it is, they're using it in their class, charging people. And of course, people are listening all over the world. And they got in some trouble too after their IPO from the Artist Association saying, you, know, you just can't use copyrighted music, stream it out there and charge people membership and not share the loot. So it'll be interesting. I'm sure this will settle. And I hope solar will uh, know better moving forward. But again, billboard advertising is very popular for dispensaries. Billboard companies are very happy to take their money. But you do have to play by not only the cannabis rules that are set up in each state, but also the uh, copyright and trade infringement rules set up for everyone who uses advertising or uses images or likenesses or certain words in ads. So we'll see how it plays out. Back to you, Jimmy. Now it's time to go coast to coast with our own California Canacaster, Jackie Bryant. Her newsletter is called The Cannabitch. It's also the name of a column she started in a San Diego newspaper a long time ago in a state far, far away. Here's Jackie Bryant. Hi, this is Jackie Bryant recording from San Diego, California for We Talk News. The first story we have out of California is a strongly worded editorial in the LA Times opinion section, which was written by the staff as a whole. It slams Prop 64 for its many perceived oversights, which the piece say weakens the industry and strengthens the black market. They also say that illegal grows and the various ills that illegal cultivation bring with it, like increased crime and destruction of wildlife, is plaguing California's desert towns thanks to loopholes in the law. It should be used as a cautionary tale for other emerging cannabis markets. The second story is from San Diego, where the DOJ has prosecuted more than 50 smugglers from Mexico who brought the dangerous pesticide carbofferin over the border. Carbofferin is highly toxic to humans and the land and anything else alive, and is commonly found in illegal grows, including trespasses on federal land. The third story highlights the very precarious wildfire season us Californians find ourselves in right now. In Mendocino County, um, California-based marijuana distributor Flocana admitted that one of its employees started a fire that burned 80 acres, forcing 250 people to flee the area and destroying three houses. It's called the Broiler Fire. It started July 7th and Flocana said an employee who was moving, um, excuse me, mowing grass struck a rock and caused a spark igniting the fire. That's all for California this week. Thanks. There's an interesting battle of words over cannabis in the South Carolina gubernatorial election where a Republican congressman actually came to the defense of a Democratic candidate for governor who is pro-cannabis. That state's Republican Party chairman, Drew McKissick, attacked that candidate's position on cannabis, saying he's playing with fire, using the tired and disproven claim that crime and health problems are exacerbated in legal states. Republican Tom Davis broke party lines and said that his party's stance on medical cannabis is an intellectually lazy position that doesn't even try to present medical facts as they currently exist. Hmm. Well, this is the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. Let's begin. Everybody likes to lick the spoon when making baked goods, but you just can't do it when you work at a licensed cannabis company in Michigan and you're on the job and you're on camera. Yes, it's the Dispo in Bay City. Once again, the same people who were suspended from operating the regulated cannabis business for two weeks because they allowed someone to lick the joints they packaged for sale. 
Now they've been hit with a second two-week suspension for that twisted tongue action. They just had a ding from the Marijuana Regulatory Agency for putting edibles in unapproved packages, too. That product recall was announced this week affects 10,000 chocolate medibles sold throughout the state. A court hearing was held on Wednesday for Judith Pontius, the almost 80-year-old woman from Ypsilanti Township who faces jail for her cultivation of cannabis plants at her home in defiance of local ordinances. She maintains that all 55 of her plants are for her personal medicinal use and the court is granting an evidentiary hearing to let her prove it. The date has not yet been set. Well, and hello, Delta 8. Goodbye, Delta 8. The governor of Michigan signed a package of bills this week which align the varying definitions of cannabis and clearly identifies cannabinoids which produce a Delta 9-like effect are to be regulated by the Marijuana Regulatory Agency, and that includes Delta 8. Now, moving Delta 8 into the regulated market means it should disappear from gas station shelves in October, but that doesn't mean cannabis businesses in Michigan will be selling Delta 8 products anytime soon. Thursday morning, the regulatory agency issued a warning that Delta 8 had no approved method of extraction, and cannabis companies can begin submitting plans for a successful extraction and testing of Delta 8 product program. But that process can take months. Bottom line, Delta 8 fans in Michigan had better stock up. And that's it for the Michigan Report. I'm Rick Thompson for Weed Talk News. Vermont may be one of the smallest states in the union, but they too are going through the growing pains of a new state with a legal adult use cannabis market. Our own green nurse, Jessie Lynn Dolan, explains. Jessie Lynn. Thanks, Jimmy. I'm Jessie Lynn Dolan from Nurse Grown Organics and Vermont Cannabis Nurses, and this is the Weed Talk News Vermont Report. In a $25 million deal, two Vermont medical dispensaries, Champlain Valley Dispensary and Southern Vermont Wellness, collectively known as Series Med, will merge with Slang Worldwide, a publicly traded Canadian cannabis company with operations in 12 U.S. states. With the $25 million sale of Series Med, out-of-state conglomerates will own all three Vermont medical cannabis licenses. Plans are already underway for a 50,000 square foot expansion and to double its workforce. All medical cannabis license holders get quite a jump start and can begin selling for adult use five months earlier than other Vermont retailers. Giving this advantage alongside the boost from corporate investment, many cannabis activists are worried that Vermont's adult use market is working against small craft cultivators before they even start. Vermont Growers Association, a grassroots advocacy network who's been lobbying for an equitable market, denounced the acquisition, stating that is the recipe for market saturation and entirely inappropriate for Vermont. This corporate takeover is an unhealthy direction for Vermont's cannabis markets. The Cannabis Control Board's new executive director, Bryn Hare, joins the board this month. Ms. Hare will be responsible for leading many of the board's daily business functions, developing rules and regulations, overseeing both cannabis establishments licensing and the medical registry. If you still want to celebrate 710, Hot and Hetty has Hoodoo Brown barbecue sauce on the menu with the return of their monthly Stony Supper events. Check out Saturday, July 17th, All You Can Eat Summer Pig Roast, conscientiously crafted cannabis cuisine. That's the Vermont Report for Weed Talk News. I'm Vermont's cannabis nurse, Jessie Lynn Dolan.
Finally, today, a story about one of our new favorite dispensaries in the greater Boston, Massachusetts area. It's Seed in Jamaica Plain. That area of Boston is one of the most diverse in the city. And on the last weekend in June, they held a pride celebration that featured music, a drag queen contest, educational panels, and a salute to the social diversity of that area. Well, that will do it for this week's Weed Talk News. I'm Jimmy Young for Pro Cannabis Media. Remember, it's a whole new world of weed out there. Use it responsibly. Weed Talk and In the Weeds are two productions of Pro Cannabis Media supported by Revolutionary Clinics, one of the top medical cannabis dispensaries in the Massachusetts area. Now with three locations in Greater Boston, two in Cambridge and one on Broadway in Somerville. Rev Clinics has a patient-first mission. They will customize your needs as a medical patient with the proper titration and combination of strains, flavors, and products. Rev Clinics, where the patient comes first. Hi, I'm Ben Shower, New England rep for Salient Video Management Systems. Let me tell you what makes us different in the security space. We're your trusted advisors for all your security needs. I know how complicated the regulations are in cannabis, and working with Salient Systems will be the polar opposite of that. I give free consultations and we'll walk you through every step of the process so that you can get what you need at the price you can afford. We're robust, we're simple and scalable. We're Salient Systems, your solutions to all your security needs. Please contact me at the information below and I'm looking forward to being your trusted advisor. Cannabis Media Programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at ProCanna Media, on Instagram at ProCannabis Media, on LinkedIn also at ProCannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on ProCannabis Media, Twitter at ProCanna Media, and on twitch.tv backslash ProCannabis Media. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand. We are Pro Cannabis Media.